You are listening to the Massive Report podcast. Welcome to the Massive Report podcast. We are here on August 29th after the crew went down to Cincinnati. Did not play a uh, great performance. Nothing, nothing about that game was was anything that people will remember in terms of the play on the field. Uh, but did manage a two-two draw. Late heroics from Stephen Marrera. We'll get into how it all happened. Uh, but I don't think we can start this podcast without talking about what happened after the game off the field, or well, on the field, but from the stands. We'll we'll get into that in just a second. But uh, we've got Bart here. We uh, are recording on Zoom tonight because. Sam Fami had uh, surgery and he's doing just fine, but wasn't able to make it. So we're on Zoom. Bart uh, from his his lovely home. Bart, hey, how's buddy. it going? Uh, I I'm I'm wonderful. Uh, for those uh, you know listening at home, we we spent about uh, better part of forty five minutes. Actually, it was probably the best Massive Report podcast um, ever recorded. Uh, we never really got any levels um, across or anything like that. Um, and again, so probably the best Massive Report podcast ever recorded. Unfortunately, you don't get to hear it. Um, you'll have to hear this. Yeah, well, we'll do our best to try and recreate whatever that was that, that we tried earlier. Uh, we also have Grant Miller joining us again. Grant, thanks for jumping on again and, and dealing with our back and forth of where we're recording the podcast. It's always a pleasure to be involved. Um, lucky for everyone, I don't have much of a social life, so I'm, yep. I'm here available when you need me and we can change the times. I'll, I'm, I'll be ready. Well, clearly none of us do because we all spent 45 <laughs> minutes not recording a podcast that anyone will hear and now we're doing it again. And finally joining us back for the first time, at least this season, it's been a while, but he's here to talk some FC Cincinnati. Alex Stanek. Alex, how excited are you to talk about FC Cincinnati? Pretty excited, uh, Murph. And, and just want to say that I, I thought that we did a great job of honoring our Columbus Crew's first half performance with a 45-minute uh, exercise in, in futility mm -hmm. uh, at Saucy Brew Works tonight where we accomplished nothing uh, meaningful. Uh, I thought that was a, a great tribute. But yeah, excited to, uh, to talk about FC Cincinnati today. Um, you know, I have had nothing to drink other than Cincy fan tears uh, since the game and uh, am, am fully, fully hydrated. So um, really, really excited to kind of dive into that and uh, and talk about um, whatever, you know, the opposite of a cardiac kid team uh, is <laughs> that, that is the FC Cincinnati franchise over the last few years. So I'm um, excited to be here. Yeah, we'll get into to the game in a minute, but first let's talk about the, the post-game antics. Obviously, Cincinnati, as I said, gives up a goal in, what, the sixth minute of stoppage time or something. So frustration's there, and rightfully so. But that spilled over. Bart, you and I were there. Um, mm -hmm. the, the crew came down. The, the players, the coaches came down to where they put the supporters uh, kind of in, in the, I think it was the southeast corner of the stadium. I don't know, one of the corners of the 2QL stadium. And, uh, you know, they were going to do wise men and, and I, everything was fine. And then people started throwing beers and I had somebody ask me if it was a crew fan that started throwing the beers, not as far as I could tell, uh, but a lot of stuff got thrown on the field. Cucho Hernandez, if you haven't seen it, made a ridiculous mm -hmm. uh, catch. Uh, I tweeted a video. I know there's other videos going around. And then there was a picture that 
I can't tell who took the picture, but it was definitely a photographer out there. The picture is uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous, and and the beer's kind of pouring all over Cucho, and he looks happier than he does. Everyone's when he reaction mm-hmm. in the background <laughs> yeah. really uh, makes that hilarious. I'm sorry, I could go on. I saw this. He went out of his way to catch it. Oh like, yeah. He kind of saw the moment, registered what he could do, and was like, "Let me let me take this to another level." So I mean, it just grows the legend that is Cucho already. I think this this you know got to add this to his highlight reel. No, no, put this guy. He he belongs in the ring of honor off of that alone. You know, first guy. You don't need cups. He's got a can, and like I, I mean that 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 corporate is corporate exactly... sponsor too. He got yeah. synergy. Oh honor, yeah, Are you Miller kidding Light? me? Yeah, yeah, and it, and it, it just it, it's one of those. Yeah, to to kind of recognize, to be able to to troll, um, you know, the fan base. To you know, if I'm if if I'm Caleb Porter, if I'm anybody who has invested, you know, significant funds in Cucho Hernandez and has invested in his, you know, long term well being, I'm a little bit, you know, concerned. But hey, great hands. He is, you know, he's a natural athlete. He's able to grab that, and I'd be worried that he's he's going to cut his finger or something on it. But nope, didn't. Um, you know, God willing, he didn't get any sort of, you know, diseases from whatever the Cincinnati fan that was drinking, you know, out of that prior to it. But I mean, it. it it, it, it is I, I I don't want to as much as we have fun and absolutely should have fun. I mean, that is, you know, embarrassing. It's it's dangerous. It's a waste of beer. Um, and and just I mean, I can't it, it, I was just little it was a little bit surreal. You know, as a guy who, who witnessed Bottlegate in Cleveland as a guy who's seen, you know, I don't even think in 2015 there were where there was that volume of cans throwing on as there was there from since and and it's like still not a good look. No, I mean, let's we no. gotta we gotta look in the mirror a little bit. I wasn't in the North oh. Decker that day. I lived in Chicago, but like no oh, yeah, one no. no one's above this. We're all terrible people for liking sports. Let's oh, be yeah. honest. We're all in a moment of passion that we've done this. So like, it sucks. We should, I, I don't know. I'd be in this position, but I, I I've mean, been in supporter sections and never thrown a beer. Um, well, yeah, no, those are I haven't either. That is just, way- <laughs> I agree, but I, there's, we can't grandstand too much. Yeah. Cause I, that clip came back over my timeline again. It's like, yeah, this, mm-hmm. this happened at Yankee stadium. I or no, was it in Portland? The, the last yeah. cup there was this and nonsense. It- so, yeah, it, it was yeah, a, it was an it was an MLS Cup final, not a regular season home draw. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's maybe maybe one uh, one difference there. We can get into that later on. The, the reaction I rather from, not. I don't know it's from really from good. FC Cincy fans like across the the spectrum after this game has taken place is like it, it's a catastrophe in their eyes. And I'm like, fellas, you drew at home in Major League Soccer. You take those sometimes like mm-hmm. that you you can still make the playoffs with a bunch of home draws it's not the end of the world um but yeah their reaction was super over the top i loved the kind of monday morning quarterbacking from some of the uh talking heads on twitter who were actually mad at caleb porter for <laughs> yeah. accosting the fans who threw beer cans at his players um as if like he was the one in the wrong there um thought that was very interesting, including from some major league soccer employees, which I also thought was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure let me ask you this real quick. Ban them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 
let me ask you this real quick. All right, so yeah. you've got – even going back to the last time the crew were in, in Cincinnati, you got Caleb Porter shushing the crowd. I believe he did it again right after Marrera scores mm-hmm. to the, the people behind the bench, which I'm sure he was getting heckled for. You've got, you know, pissed-off fans throwing things. We had last week Milos Degenek talking about how this doesn't relate to uh, derbies that he's played in and because of the, the supporters' violence and things like that. And, and mm-hmm. there were different reactions to that. I'm not encouraging anyone to throw things on the field. It's dangerous. I'm glad Cucho caught it and nothing more came of it. But these are the things you want to make these games really a rivalry, right? Aside from the throwing, the the back and forth, the stuff that's gone on social media since Mm -hmm. the game, the controversies in the game. I mean, Caleb Porter immediately becomes a villain to Cincinnati last year. Now Steven Marrera is a guy that Cincinnati fans are going to just hate as long as he plays for the crew. And Cucho. Uh, yeah, and well, and that that uh, certainly he didn't I, even score a goal. And right. he's going to these if he's not the next Tifo for Hell is Real in Columbus. Um, I mean, I don't know how we, you know, work that into something goosebumps themed, but I mean, come on, that is a real missed opportunity. Yeah, I just think that this is, you know, the kind of the boiling points are what make rivalries rivalries and not just something that mm-hmm. MLS decided as a rivalry or that the team decided to name the hell is real derby after one meeting when one team was in the USL and one team was in MLS, you know, there has to be drama on the field. There has to be angst between the supporters. And I don't, you know, I don't think we need to get to the point of violence. Like, like Milos was talking about where, you know, fans are, on, are outside the stadium burning things. But I do think that, that these need to have, contentious points in order for Mm -hmm. Cincinnati fans to actually really hate Columbus and Columbus fans to actually really hate Cincinnati. Otherwise it's just another game from a team that you can easily drive to. And there's enough of those in MLS right now. Well, I think we answered kind of the, the age old question of what happens when, uh, you know, an unstoppable object beats or meets an (laughs) immovable force, um, uh, immovable force. uh, And and with, with respect to, um, a victim mentality between Caleb Porter and the FC Cincinnati fans and Caleb Porter shushed them. He, I mean, did rightfully make, you know, a good and righteous stink about the cans, but then proceeded to, uh, uh, you know, be victimized by the Cincinnati fans to the media and then attack his own fan base, which traveled in mass, probably as large as I've ever seen in a way supporter group for that game, cheered on his team, you know, heroically throughout all that and attacked his own fan base as not giving enough respect. So um, the unstoppable force won that one of victimization as much as the FC Cincy fans are trying to be victims after this one. Uh, uh, I, I was, I was impressed with Caleb Porter. There's, there's a person and, you know, you do not have to give it to ISIS uh, in fact, but there was a Seattle fan um, that that had a comment to to the effect of, um, I play a drinking game um, whenever Caleb Porter talks about uh, how his team is disrespected, um, and I don't have a functioning liver anymore. 
and uh, that that is definitely the case. I think it's you know it's something it's almost an endearing thing for me, you know, from Caleb at this point. Now, um, uh, go ahead, whatever you need, Caleb, to get in that headspace and get your players in that headspace. If it needs to be telling them that, that your own fan base don't respect you, um, hey, hey, if that can you know get the results, especially ideally three points at home. Go for it. Tell them that we're all out to get you too. Yeah, I, I I didn't see the Caleb Porter comments until the next day. You know, I've spent time around Caleb. I didn't think it was anything that, that I I got what he was trying to say, but I understand why, especially taken out of context in a tweet or something like that or in a story, it could come across the wrong way. But look, I think there's the good and the bad of the relationship with Caleb, right? I think you love the way he defends his players and, you know, is, is willing to be the villain in this rivalry. He certainly was Bart, as you mentioned in, in Portland with the Seattle fans. So I think that that's something that fans like for the most part. And, you know, obviously there are people out there that, that don't like what he says in the media. And, you know, I listen to it all the time. So I, I guess I've just gotten numb to it, but uh, Alex, would you rather talk about the game or would you rather talk about all the reactions that you've seen on social media? Because I know that you have been collecting these and have just been kind of sitting here anxiously. Oh, well, I mean, we can talk about the game first. I, I, all right. I think that, I mean, there were, to me, the game was a beautiful thing. It was a really, really beautiful thing. Uh, it was like, uh, like if you ever see like brutalist architecture, right. Where it's just like, really ugly concrete like just you know but it's beautiful at the same time that's what that game was the crew were terrible we were so bad we were like just a terrible terrible team and yet since he found a way they always find a way to blow it like unbelievable uh that they you know had this really kind of flat performance from the crew especially in the first half i thought we were terrible uh and still found a way to choke uh so yeah like i mentioned in the intro like i you, you hear these like cardiac kids teams right these teams that find a way at the the dying moments to you know somehow steal a victory these guys steal losses all the time and they always blame the refs they always blame the league. I saw people throwing around Calciopoli from Italy where like there was a match fixing scandal, like some sort of gigantic organized thing. Um, the conspiracy theories from the Cincy fans are absolutely hilarious. But yeah, I mean, they found a way to lose, right? Or it felt like a loss anyway. Um, felt like a win for us, even though it was a home draw and a game that'll probably end up being totally meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Um but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought we played bad, but we got a result that makes us happy. And Cincinnati fans are absolutely miserable, which is always a win. So uh, we take those. Well, and just the way that it happened, I mean, you as you mentioned, the crew did not play well. I think, you know, I, I, I tried to point out players that did perform well, and I was struggling to find one that was consistent. I mean, Mr. Consistency, Darlington Nagby wasn't great until maybe the middle of the second half. Aiden Morris, who we've all talked about and how, how good he's been, just couldn't keep the ball. His tackles were off. It was, it was not his best night. I think maybe the pressure of that game got to him a little bit, which is weird for a kid who made the start in the MLS Cup out of nowhere. Um, Aloy Room, while he did make some big saves, he also gave up some rebounds. 
I mean, we could go across every player. I think you could pick kind of up and down moments for everyone. Um, you know, it just looked to me, and I thought this might be the case going in, that there was some extra incentive for Cincinnati, given they came to Columbus, they got beat 2-0. You know, they're, they're now sitting kind of outside the, the playoff spot after being in a good spot earlier this year. Um, and, and, you know, I felt like they used the home fans and were able to feed off that, and the crew couldn't couldn't really bounce back. And, and you know, frankly, we're lucky to not be down more. Uh, Cincinnati scored, I think it was Alvis Powell, had a goal that he was definitely offside. Yeah. We can talk, we yeah. can talk about offside, but you know, just a play where they, you switch off and a ball uh, that's parried again by room is, is right to an attacker. And there were some other chances too. Uh, Vasquez before he oh. scored puts one over the crossbar from three yards out. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it could have been three or four, nothing at halftime. Yeah. That Vasquez miss was like, you know, I, you can get me, Oh, yeah. absolutely plastered and i will still make that finish like 20 times out of 20 um like that is such an easy tap luis diaz makes that finish yeah ralph shudell makes that finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a that's a low blow to somebody i'm not sure who uh, hey i'll take a little bit of exception though uh, uh with one performance in particular with darlington nagby because i thought darlington nagby um, had a very strong game, and I think the numbers support that. Um, he had, uh, a, 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 I think, five interceptions, most of anybody on the team. He had three clearances, including a goal-saving clearance in the final minute. Um, he was strong on possession, good, you know, advanced pat- advanced passing, um, had, had a shot. Uh, so I thought this was one of those ga- games, and, and Darlington, I think for the last few games, hasn't quite been there, but this is one of those games where I thought Darlington really stood uh, stuck up, and I think they absolutely needed that because Aiden Morris, who I have been fanboying on, I, I don't think he, you know, he was quite up to the task, and I think by and large the squad um, wasn't there aside from a couple moments of brilliance, but I thought Darlington Nagby was kind of that one shining consistency throughout it. A little disappointed in Aiden. I think uh, after the debate we've had all week about Aiden versus Artur, which is a good debate to have, it's a good problem to have, um, he kind of he, he didn't take a hold of the moment like uh, like he could have. Um, I was also, also very disappointed in the Kevin Molino experience. I thought he when he came off the bench, he looked pretty good. Uh, it was against Atlanta. So I was kind of excited to see him kind of come in there because uh, if you can get anything out of him in this stretch yeah. run, it'd be amazing. Uh, but it kind of looked like we were playing with two tens there for a long time because he likes to cut in so much. And that was taking a lot of space around from Lucas. And they were putting so many bodies on Lucas too, that they were able to really mark the both of them um, kind of in that attacking third. So uh, good for Derek for coming off the bench, fired up and, and making it a game because uh, I, you know, I've always said this year, there's a lot of problems with this team, but one of the problems is I don't know who comes off the bench sometimes to like make things better. Uh, and Saturday, Derek was that guy, which was cool. Yeah. The, the Molino thing is interesting because certainly what they were trying to do was, was a change in shape a little bit to, to have another, you mentioned he tucked in a lot to have that pocket winger that Caleb's talked about in the past. And we haven't seen a ton of this year, just given the guys that they have. And I think that was because you're playing a, a three-man back line in Cincinnati 
to get pressure on those three backs with, you know, if Molino tucks in, uh, Cucho, Lucas, and Diaz are kind of a front three on their own. But you're right. I think it, it certainly didn't work. I didn't feel like there was enough energy from Molino like you know, there was when he came off the bench. Not that he is a, an energetic player in general, but, you know, I think at this point, I know he's been hurt, but he's not. I mean, aside from that assist the other night uh, or two games ago, he's just not providing what this team hoped. And I think, you, you know, you don't have another guy who can do that from the wings, but I, I think you are, you know, the experiment has lasted long enough and we haven't gotten production from a guy who's on the wrong side of 30. And I, I don't know that you're going to get that. A lot of ACL tears away. I mean, he's yeah. they're still going to run him out there for the rest of the year. I don't think, as long as he stays healthy. I mean, I, I think he's got to factor in. Um, at his best, I mean, he, I do think, I mean, I know he's old and he's had so many injuries, but I kind of felt this way in the Atlanta game. He's a guy that can kind of run skill-wise up there with like Lucas and Cucho. He's not, he's not as good, but I don't think he's ever going to back down from like inserting himself into that interplay. And sometimes, I, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a couple guys that maybe shy away from that a little bit where it's like, just get the ball to Cucho and get out of the way. And we need a third guy. And I don't think Malino's going to be that guy, but if you know, in the ideal world, that's him. Uh, it's just, it just hasn't worked. And it's a shame because he's, when he was hot, there were, there were a few guys that could take over a game like he could. But I think that's, you know, the hope is, hope. I, I think, you know, if we're looking for him to be a starter, if we're looking for him to displace Derek Etienne, I don't think we're going to be there. But if you're no. looking for him to be an impact sub, um, I'd be very satisfied with that. And I That'd think that's something that yeah. he's shown at least in glimpses. And if that's something that he can, as he gets more healthy, as he gets more comfortable, um, as because, you know, for as long as he's been with the team, I, I you know, I imagine, um, uh, you know, Jaleel Baba has spent more time in training with the squad um, than he has. Uh, uh, you know, as he gets there, I think he can still be an impact player off the bench and, you know, hopefully, you know, a mentor for a guy like Luis Diaz or a guy like Derek Etienne, um, you know, to show, hey, here's what, you know, I, I've done as a successful, you know, player in MLS. Here's how, you know, what you can do uh, to kind of improve that game and, and become a bit more well-rounded players. I, he may not want to hear that. He's probably not ready to kind of move into that mentor and coaching role. Um, but I think, you know, realistically, that's what, I'd like to see from him and I'd be very happy if we could get that out of him. I think with Molino, when they don't want to play with the true wingers like this game and it didn't work, but you know, I can see the idea there when you have that other guy kind of helping Lucas in the middle of the, the field. And, and then you can have, you know, I think it probably would have worked a little bit better if you have Pedro Santos. And I thought Sands played a fine game, but just asking him to do so much on the wings he is a former winger, but it was at the college level. And I think Pedro yeah. is just more used to that. And, that and that game was begging for Pedro with their kind of three at the back. Like I, I agree with oh, that a lot. And yeah. it's kind of it's tough break, you know, the two more like, will will, you know, he wasn't, the moment wasn't too big for him by any means. No, I don't think so. And, and I think that's a positive because I know they really like him. And I think we've seen some good things from him and this game showed a bit more of his attacking ability. Not that it was perfect, but a little bit more than what we saw, even when he got the assist against Atlanta. Uh, the two more things that I noted 
One was a contribution from Yaya Boa, who came off the bench late in the match. Uh, I forgot he, set, he made an appearance. Yeah, he. I didn't realize it until I was watching it back today. He set a pick of sorts on the on-rushing Cincy defender on the Marrera hit. If you go back and look at it, he just gets in the way. And if he doesn't get in the way, that shot's probably blocked or uh, whatnot. So I know he's not going to get an assist for that. But uh, he, he, it did catch my eye that he at least got involved um, in that. And then uh, if you – this is also something I noticed while watching the replays. If you go back and watch when they show the, the seven-and-a-half-minute broadcast or the highlights on YouTube that MLS does, has like three or four times they show Pat Noonan like frustrated because since he didn't score, um, the fan reactions behind him are priceless. I, I have seen that. Yeah, there was some yeah. just great. There's some gold it, in there. Yeah, and there's even after I think it was the second crew goal, they showed like a crew fan that was in the middle of a, a Cincinnati section, and the people around him. And I know people can't listen, people listening can't see me, but you know, not just hands to head, but like meme worthy uh, stuff. Just so uh, those, yeah, those were two things that that stood out to me aside from the obvious. Alex, uh, you want to talk about an offside goal? I don't remember there being an offside goal. I just remember a, a good-headed finish from Derek Etienne. You think he was on? I, I mean, the, the, the goal counted, did it not? The goal definitely counted. I, uh, I think it was real close. I think sure, sure, Cincy, sure. Fans, Cincy fans definitely have a perspective on things. Was they it clear been... and obvious? That's the only question you got to ask yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it – Depending it doesn't matter on, where he's on or off. Is, was it clear and obvious that the ref made a mistake? It depends on where you think that foot is, right? It, it's a, there's a very deceptive camera angle that was circulating early on, and I think that set like a tone for things. Now there are some other camera angles that I think are less conclusive. Um, but, uh, you know, in my Was opinion, MLS holding back on good camera angles to engage, a, to create discussion? It's a great, that's a great question. They're sitting on these tapes. They could have, they could have sent that out immediately. Just bet everyone calmed down. They love the drama. Don Carver, Don Carver picked up that phone and said, don't you dare show that camera. Mm -hmm. We need the crew. This is great for the league. Yeah. Because Don Garber typically a, a he's very online. He's incredibly online. No, no, but that, that's, yeah, that's just my favorite thing. It's just like the idea that it's like, there is a league wide, MLS conspiracy, and it is to the benefit of the Columbus crew. That's right, guys. Yep. <laughs> the team that they tried to move, <laughs> like, that's the team that MLS is, is you know, uh, 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 trying to, you know, uh, help out and surreptitiously support against the team that they wanted to replace the crew. Bart, are you implying that after uh, we chanted save the crew so loud and Red Bulls fans chanted save the crew so loud that Don Garber uh, screwed up his MLS draft speech um, <laughs> that, that, you know, we're not his favorite team in the league at this point and that, you know, this famously uh, egotistical man might hold a grudge against us and would uh, at least not uh, set up a, a, pro columbus conspiracy in that regard i don't i don't know i don't know Um, every fan base thinks pro and the refs are against them if there are any cincinnati fans listening to this there must be like mascaras or something Mm -hmm. uh welcome to the mls because this is a league-wide problem everybody is every universally most fan bases don't like pro um i 
I'm kind of fine with the way we do VAR. I like that it's not like the English Premier League hair on elbow every centimeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get it. Like it just it happens. It's a problem. Well, and I think if if you've been on Twitter, you've seen with you know there's accounts that have drawn the lines, and I think you can argue either way. I think Grant, you made the point at the beginning, and I think this is what what needs to be reminded with people about VAR. It was called a goal on the field. And if it wasn't clear and obvious based on what they had on the camera angles and the ones that I saw after the game, you couldn't see whichever, whoever the, was it Miazga's foot? Haglund. Um, I think it was Haglund's foot. Haglund, yep. So you can't call it back if that's the angle that you're given, you know? So I, I look, as you said, Grant, this happens. And Alex, you said it before we started recording the sort of what goes around comes around the crew will inevitably be screwed by another call in the history of this team. And they will also benefit from calls. And Cincinnati, I imagine, will get some calls sometimes as well. And, you know, I, I understand why they're pissed down in Cincinnati. That certainly uh, did not go in their favor. But, you know, hey, don't miss from three yards out earlier in the game. And, you know, mark the guy uh, when a ball was played in the box in the 96th minute. I, th- I think yeah, that's a great uh, point. Uh, it just it's such a shame that the hometown hero nick hagland was the one that you know allowed Derek etienne to remain on side um it's just really too bad that the lakota west grad and the xavier university grad um that he was the one that is ultimately responsible for that just too bad and then jeff cameron oh boy uh, uh that jeff cameron just couldn't uh uh, you know, absolutely just set it up for Steven Marrera on an absolute uh, platter. That, oh. You hate to see oh, it, Bart. Boy. You really hate to see it. Real All tough. I will say is if you're a crew fan listening to this and you think that uh, the goal was onside, uh, don't say that on Twitter. Just make sure that every Cincy fan knows that it was so far offside mm-hmm. and that you think it's so funny that it was offside. Mm-hmm. Makes them really mad, folks. Just, just, you know, just, you know, twist that knife a little bit. So um, other than Caleb Porter, there may not be a bigger antagonist in this rivalry than Alex Stanek, just based on social media. There's a reason <laughs> he's brought on after this game. We wanted to have him on after the last FC Cincinnati game. We just didn't plan it enough ahead of time. Fortunately, Alex didn't have anything going on this evening. So it was, it was easy to do. Um, anything else that stood out to any of you guys from this? I, I mean, I know there was a lot that happened in this game and I'm sure we're probably haven't addressed everything. Um, anything else that, that you guys wanted to address about it? Before we let Alex. goal was sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, those oh, are yeah. kind of moments you don't get a lot of it. I mean, savor it. That's a buzzer beater essentially um, from outside the a, box. So, and that was another game where, where her, her Herrera, like or Marrera throughout the game, you know, was very strong. And he was a guy that, that we've had some criticism for um, the last few weeks. I thought he put in a great performance. I also thought, you know, the, the Cincinnati goals uh, just, you know, pretty lackluster. Obviously, the Miazga, you know, pinball one. And then even uh, the I first mean, one, if, they, if, they got if Lucho, uh, if Lucho Acosta had, had played the ball that he wanted and it didn't deflect off of Milos Jegenek right out there perfectly for him you know it's probably not a goal so um uh, uh you know vasquez doesn't get it and doesn't have that perfect run into him but if you watch closely on the replay it actually deflects yeah, off of milos. milos jagenek it wasn't 
a clean, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a clean ball played through him. So, um, uh, you know, look, you guys had, they had Lucho Acosta. We free, it was free Lucho, and you guys still lost. I mean, no, you, you, you drew, but you lost. Yeah. No, I mean, I, that's the way loss. Cincinnati sorry, was it is playing. A loss if you if you have the win and you give up a goal in the final minute, it's a loss. Oh, I don't want to start playing that game with the way our season's been going. Well, well yeah, I mean, <laughs> geez, I mean, listen, we're not very good, right? I mean, we're good, <laughs> but not great. So, like, I'll take the good if a couple of ties are going to keep us above that playoff line right now, which yeah. kind of leads us into Wednesday's game because, okay, you were fired up about well Saturday. Let's see some energy on Wednesday because your boys are going to need it. They're not going to be able to sleepwalk against Miami. Before we jump into that, uh, Alex, I would like you to share some of your favorite social media uh, reactions to this game because you tweeted it out. We retweeted it from the Mass Report account. I know you've got some good ones. Um, I'm sure you can describe them well enough that people will understand. So the floor is yours, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I – Every uh, Cincy game, I try to check Twitter and Reddit because there are usually a lot of gems on there. If you even just look a little bit, um, you know, the, as a as a Browns fan, I sympathize with the uh, mental anguish and, uh, you know, borderline uh, self-torture that these uh, poor individuals, many of whom are former crew fans, uh, put themselves through every season. Um, but, yeah, I, I've collected some here. I'll just I'll just read them out from. Queen City War Pigs supporters group, uh, very, very prominent supporters group. Um, this isn't just bad officiating. There is an effing agenda against FC Cincinnati. And it's time for Carl Lindner to say something. Hashtag <laughs> all for Cincinnati. Um, like that one. That was Isn't good. he like 100 years old now? Something like that. Yeah, he's up there. Uh, very wealthy individual. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, conspiracy. And uh, he needs to he needs to speak up. So. Um, this one from uh, uh, Baron, uh, I'll just say, I'll say first names, Baron, uh, six minutes of extra time plus an offside goal. The fix is in. I liked that one. That was good. I, I really like the ones that are conspiratorial in nature. I think that's like, it's not just bad luck. It's like actually, you know, organized deception. Um, so that one's good. Uh, because wait, wait, real quick, because everyone knows that that was such an easy finish in stoppage time and that header was even if you are offside like guaranteed to get you know these were just like tap-in goals for the crew right yeah it was given to them yeah the the uh the referee was actually like shining a laser pointer at the goalkeeper as that as that (laughs) kick was there yeah uh i like this one it was uh from a a guy named pineapple sniffer um and it (laughs) says every game man dot 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 and it's just a, a video of like one of those like turkish ice cream places where the guy like constantly oh, keeps like pulling the ice cream away from you and like giving you an empty cone yeah. so i thought that was fun i enjoyed that those guys rock yeah th- those videos yeah. on youtube are great check them out just search like turkish ice cream guy it'll come up for sure um uh this is calchopoli 2.0 it's time for pro to be investigated for match fixing that one was pretty good sure um seconded yeah i swear to god Absolutely. sometimes this league is rigged I got to stop watching for health reasons. Thank God football starts soon. I can't keep doing this. He was offsides. It's something about uh, Cincinnati fans not saying offside always without any exception saying offsides with an S on the end. I really like Kroger's. That's right. It is. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like a Kentucky thing. I don't know. Um, uh, It is always in the last minute. Always, you know, they just go on and on. 
we uh, we had some submissions from uh, from Massive Report listeners as well. So I want to I want to go through go through just a couple of these. I know we're uh, we're short on time, but uh, just a, just a couple here that that were sent in to us. Um, we had we had this one from a, a gentleman. Uh, this was uh, Matthew Bro submitted this, and it was a, a gentleman who was saying that uh, Cincy fans need to find where the referees work and uh, and basically uh, make them so that they don't uh, earn a living anymore. Oh no, I'm sorry, that was uh, Mark Falhaber who said that one, uh, saying uh, found a, re a ref's side business and tanked its online reviews and such. Uh, that's mm -hmm. what they were arguing that we do with pro referees. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, Matthew Bros uh, submitted one um, where it says, MLS, just tell us who is going to be in the playoffs this season. You could put a spoiler alert at the top of the tweet in case uh, those who want to watch the rest of the season, uh, pro referees are right up there with pro wrestling refs. Uh, I don't know if they're that bad. They're pretty bad, though. Mm -hmm. So enjoyed enjoyed that one. Um, but I, I think my, my favorite was, uh, was Caleb, uh, Crucho FC, good follow, by the way, um, submitted, um, uh, the pride sentences tweet that said, we are better than them. Our coach is better. Our fans are better. Our capos and drummers are better. Our stadium is better. Our city is better. It's effing infuriating that we can't get the results to match it. Uh, and to the pride, all I can say is no, you cannot. And no, you're not. And better luck next time, fellas. Um, but yeah, that was a little, little bit of a recap. I do think, though, it's worth saying there was a lot of animosity. There were people doxing crew employees online, uh, lots of threats flying around, uh, mainly directed at, at Columbus fans. Uh, at the end of the day, guys, it's literally just a soccer game. It's a regular season soccer game. It was a home draw for Cincy fans. It is not the end of the world. Um, so let's all remember uh, to keep it fun and lighthearted. Uh, I think that's something we can all uh, all try to live by, even though I am on the front lines of the. Uh, uh, He's in the trenches, joke, folks. joke making or whatever you want to call He's it. He's deep yeah. online. The meme wars. It's, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like in warfare. It's like demoralization, right? Like you want to mm -hmm. just like get your enemy so tired that they're just like, oh man, I just yeah. want to give up, right? We kind of do that with the fans. Just try to take the wind out of their sails just a little bit, but in a fun way. We've done um, like, three tours of duty in MLS any, Twitter. It's any so good rivalry, posting. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of. Really it's an honor to serve with you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's, right. my, there's my recap. That was that was entertaining. I hope people out there, uh, if you if you didn't enjoy it as much as you think, uh, hit up Alex on Twitter. He can send you pictures, screenshots, tweet links, all that stuff. He's he did a good job of collecting those. But let, let's look ahead because this team now, uh, two straight draws, both disappointing. Um, now you head into what was a pretty crucial week here. You've got Inter-Miami on Wednesday night at Lower.com Field. You've got the Chicago Fire, another rival, coming in to Lower.com Field on Saturday in one of the worst scheduled crew games rescheduled crew games in the history um it's not like there's a big event happening in your city at the exact same time and a free full day on sunday but i digress um this team needs to get six points out of these next two games and you know i, I usually don't want to put that uh on on a team you know especially when you're playing a team that you're right up against in the in the standings like miami but 
you, you've put yourself in a bit of a bind here. You're currently on 36 points. Cincinnati's at 34. New England's at 35. Toronto's at 33. Atlanta's at 33. Charlotte's at 32. I mean, even Chicago, who is in 13th place, is only six points back. Now, I've seen a lot of people pointing out the game or two in hand that, that the crew has over everyone else in the Eastern Conference. That's all not a matter a if you win. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and you have to go on the road in a short week at the end of the season against Charlotte and Orlando to make that matter. So, you know, Charlotte may be out of the playoffs at that point and, you know, may not be pushing much, but I don't, I don't trust this team to get six points in those last two games. How about you do it this week at home? Um, just your guys' thoughts on kind of the performances of late leading into these two games. I think they've been hot and cold. Yeah, I think yeah. there have been good moments and there, there have been a lot of bad moments. I think they need to execute the game plan. I think they need to be better in transition. I think that's one thing that I, I saw them really lacking in. And I think we need more from the wings. Like, I think that, that our service to Cucho has just not been good. When he gets a half-decent chance, he's going to finish it, more than likely. Um, he's just not – we're not generating enough chances to be successful right now. So um, I think they need to, you know, be quicker in those transition – uh, plays and they need to get it out wide and then get actual decent serviceable balls into the, into the box for Kucha to finish. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of the crosses that we've been playing in have been, you know, poorly hit. I think that, you know, some of the decisions from the wingers has been not the best. And, uh, yeah, I just, we, we got to get the ball to Kucho and get the ball to Lucas in positions where they have half a chance and then we'll be fine, but we've got to get them in positions to be successful. Yeah, I was I, I just I think Cucho still showed a lot of energy. I'm I'm really I'm really tired of Lucas taking corner kicks. I just keep getting angry because yep. they're terrible. Yep. Uh, not that, you know, Aiden Morris, I think, is their number two and he hasn't been great at them either. But uh, I think Lucas, you, you've seen since Cucho has been here kind of a rise. And then I think he's plateaued a little bit. And in big games like that, those are the guys I expect to, to kind of step up and make the difference. And Cucho did to some degree, obviously had the assist to Derek. Um, I just expected more. You're going to need these two. I, I, I hate that you have to, um, you know, rely so heavily on, on two guys offensively, but, and I was glad to see two other guys score, but you know, these are, these are your big time players. Quite literally you pay them to score the goals and set up the goals and you're going to need it this week. Especially this time of the year. I mean, yeah. you got this summer kind of lull a little bit where, yeah, you need your depth to start kind of producing. But, you know, right around Labor Day, kind of when the air turns chilly, uh, the big time star is going to come out and they typically have for this team. So um, I'm kind of I got questions about whether this defense could hold up. We've seen it kind of leaking. Um I'd love to see some clean sheets this week. Just leave no doubt uh, against these two teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be, that'd go a long way. I think in kind of like cementing our psyche as a fan base that, Hey, we're going to, we're, we're okay. You know, we're, we get the points. Let's get to the playoffs. We got something to work with here. Um, so I don't know for all the drama and BS that occurred Saturday, if they lay an egg on Wednesday, it's you know, it's all it doesn't matter i mean Luke, caleb can say whatever he wants about this team fighting and you know all the energy and stuff but you, you got to get points at home on a wednesday against miami so well and it's 
it's not as if Miami's a pushover. I mean, no, and I don't want to apply that. I'm just, no, but I mean, they sit tied with the crew on 36 points. Um, they're ahead on assumed games played. I don't know what, if you're you're going to make the playoffs, you got to beat the teams around you. And this is a team around you. So yeah, hundred percent. So, um, this is – I don't like this phrase a lot, but you, you almost want to talk yourself into this being a must-win. Um, it's a it's a one you, you, you want to get it done. So let's see if they can do it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the encouraging thing is that, you know, Miami, it's not like they have been, you know, particularly strong on defense. They've got a negative 10 goal differential, um, and they have not been great on the road. Uh, you know, the other side of that is the crew have been, you know, un- uncharacteristically under Caleb Porter underperforming um, at home. So this is, a, a, you know, a really good opportunity uh, for you to buck that trend. I mean, crew have one loss in the last 14 games. I think that's, you know, something um, something that's notable. But I think there are only three, maybe four wins in that span, too. Um, and four. at some point, yeah, you've got to start picking up especially especially at home you cannot keep leaving those points on the uh, on you know keep leaving those numbers on the board so uh uh i'm i'm you know guardly optimistic uh i'd love to and, and i don't know if we've got any updates you know maybe see pedro probably not in this miami game but i don't know if we could potentially see him you know in the 18 or at least starting to work uh but 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 uh you know i, I hope i hope that we can uh, i think getting him back in would 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 really change things a little bit and change the trajectory for crew not that will sands has been terrible in his absence well and i i mean this is a team you know you talk about the the beaten uh or one loss in in however many games you said it was bart I think that's fine if you don't have guys, Caleb Porter and players, saying this is a team that expects to finish in the top four in the East. Because, yeah, being able to go without losing is certainly something, but if you want to be in that top four, you have to win games. And you look at the the records, um, you know, there's a reason that Philadelphia, Montreal, New York City, and New York Red Bulls are the top four teams. They have the four most wins in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. So you've got to start making a push. You're now on 36 points, and the Red Bulls are on 44 in fourth place. So you got some work to do. And, yes, you have two games in hand. But, again, you have to win those games. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how – we mentioned the defense, how they handle a guy like Gonzalo Higuain, um, Leonardo Campana, who has Iguain has eight goals, Campana has, or sorry, Iguain has nine goals, Campana has eight. Uh, Pasuelo, who we saw earlier this year with Toronto, now there in Miami and, and has played well. I think he's out Wednesday. Oh, is he? Okay. With uh, oh, good. accumulation. I think that's nice. who I saw. I got, I'm not being a good journalist here, but yeah. Well, we need uh, They are missing, <laughs> they're missing somebody. I think it's him. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see just kind of the, the bounce back. You know, you can you can use that late goal kind of jubilation. I think if you're the crew, um, if you handle it right, that can certainly be a thing. And then you look at Chicago. I mean, Chicago's a game you, you just have to win. Uh, this is one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. They haven't been good pretty much all year. Um, you've already seen. They went them on a little bit of a run. Sorry, I didn't make it. They've been. They no, went on good. a little bit of a run after losing to us, and I think we're almost like in the playoffs at one point. But then they they played at Philly. 
against New York City and then Montreal. Um, pretty brutal stretch there for a team that was finding their sea legs. Lost all of those. I think they have New England on Wednesday, too, at New England. Um, so they're they're kind of in the thick of it right now. I, I would say they're not going to make the playoffs just with that trend, uh, whether it's trending. But, um, you know, we didn't look that great against them no. in that first half. But I, I don't know. I, yeah, you win. You got to win that game. Yeah, well, well, and and again for for thirteenth place in the Eastern Conference, they are six points behind Crew. Um, you know, yeah. with a bad result Wednesday against Miami, they and a good result for them, they could be in place to come even with yeah. Crew on points. Um, Everything's tight Saturday. right so, now. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. There's just so much, and that's why they need, Crew need to start picking up wins, not just draws in these games. Yep. Yep, it's it's going to be essential. Uh, just to keep on the theme of of crapping on Cincinnati, uh, I turned on the St. Louis Cardinals game, and they are up eight nothing in the top of the fifth on the Cincinnati Reds. So that's a dirty pull, uh, man. You know I'm a Reds fan. Come on. Yeah, so, sorry about that. You got to separate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's tough. Bro- it's been a tough year. It's been I'm- a very tough year to mm-hmm. like baseball in in the southern part of the state. I brought it up specifically for you. So, yeah. Um, Meanwhile, the Guardians right. have been like the most fun team. Yes, I'm sorry, I don't want to like, baseball. The Guardiac like, kids? No, I can't. Yeah, it's been terrible. Um, Different uh, to your point, though, Patrick, about the scheduling, uh, I might, depending on how much motivation I have after work, I would love to take out my data analyst tools and see if there is a correlation between Ohio State games and crew attendance. Because I want to oh. feel anecdotally that we t- the crew do okay regardless um now i will eat crow i'll do i would challenge whatever this if the place is empty saturday afternoon because of the big ohio state notre dame game i'll be very disappointed and i'll show up to this podcast and say i was wrong but uh i'm gonna challenge my fellow non-ohio state crew fans to say this is the game that matters come out early come out fired up we we got something to prove a little bit we don't get to play this card too often but Let's do it. Let's uh, have a good afternoon uh, kind of sesh. So Look, I got I to I get that in there. I have no doubt that the crowd will probably be fine and will probably be announced around 19,000. But if you are the crew and you're going to reschedule this game already because they did move the time, why not just move it to Sunday when then you don't have to worry about the ICP? You got to I mean, think you they had that conversation. Yeah, you, you got to I think. mean, the thing is, and this has been the case, This they've had these issues before. You don't want to play second. You don't want to look like you're playing second fiddle to a college football team, even if it is arguably the most popular team in sports. Yeah, pretty big college country. football team. Yeah, yeah. So I get why you do it. Uh, they've done it in the past where they've moved games up. Uh, wh- who I really feel bad for is Crew Two, who play at the exact same yeah. time. They're missing out on another doubleheader opportunity after the LAFC game. Uh, then it had to be moved. I think they played Philly. That day clinched their uh, division. We got to mention that the crew. Yeah, yeah. Been. So and, we don't have our crew the, two guys on, but I mean they've been just a breath well, of fresh air this that's year. That's the and thing. Delightful. If you did both games Sunday, I bet you get a good crowd for both, and more people are yeah. seeing this this good crew two team that you have. So I I don't know. I'm sure there's more logistics to it than I am probably thinking about, but to me it seems like you just ask Chicago to come in a day later. 
Um, both teams get rest after playing on Wednesday for another day, and you know you move on from there. But yeah. what do I? And know? to lose, lose for Chicago too. I used to live in Chicago. It's a Notre mm-hmm. Dame t- town. Their fans are in a terrible position too. You know, yeah. I think that's of a good them. Point. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here with our picks. Um, you guys can give both both games at once if you want. Um, Alex, you went away. You came back. What do you think is going to happen in these two games this week? I think it's going to be a two, two, one crew wins. I think we're going to get six points out of this thing. They're both going to be tight games, but I think two, one and two, one. Bart, actually, we'll come back to you, Bart. Grant. Uh, Wednesday, uh, going to be kind of a crazy one. Crew are going to win three, two. And then uh, Saturday, five, nothing crew. Absolutely sensational performance going to be like a stamp on the season. You're going to look back on this season. You're going to think about that Saturday when the crew won five. No, I think it's Chicago. All right. Um, I'm going to say two, one on Wednesday. I think they bounce back and use the Miami uh, or use the Cincinnati late goal and, and find a way to get a win at home. Iguain does scare me though. He's, he's finally decided he's playing soccer he's, and not just got to figure it out right. a little bit. Yeah. Don't give up free kicks to him. He is as dangerous as anyone in the league, and we know a thing or two about that. Uh, and then I'm going to say 3-1 against Chicago. Uh, I think that this is uh, – I don't like this Chicago team. I don't think they're very good. And I think that this is, uh, this is a good week for the crew. I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible. I'm hoping I can make it to at least the Wednesday game because I definitely won't be there on Saturday. Bart? Um, I am going to uh, go with a – We'll say two nothing win um, against Miami on Wednesday, um, and I'm I'm gonna go with you know say is you Smurf um, the the best score line ever against Chicago. That's three one crew um, uh, for our, our dear friends there, the Chicago supporters group. Um, but uh, you know what's gonna be interesting is that uh, after scoring you know the the go ahead goal, um, Lucas Elrayon is going to, uh, you know, right before halftime, Lucas Elrond is going to take off his jersey to reveal a Qualtomac Blanco jersey that he is then going to give conspicuously to the official, um, which will uh, once again just That's show that cut. there is That's... a league-wide conspiracy that pro referee is a part of to support the Columbus crew. Is Marufo, is he going to be? Yeah, he, is hire Marufo. Still, is he going to yes. come out of retirement specifically for this match? <laughs> Only for this Except one, yeah. the Blanco jersey? <laughs> My God, Bart. You haven't lost a, you haven't lost anything. He's still got the fact. He's still got it. All right. Well, we're going to get done. We've been trying to slash actually recording a podcast for now two and a half hours. So uh, <laughs> I need to eat dinner. I don't know what the rest of you have planned for your night. Alex, do you have any parting words to our sad friends down south before we end this? Listen, Major League Soccer, it's, it's just for fun, guys. Just enjoy it. You've got a team. You've got a stadium. You're going to be around a long time. Take a chill pill and enjoy the ride. All right. And with that, we'll sign off. Hopefully next week, uh, Sam will be back and fully healed and we won't have to mess around with this. But, you know, we know Zoom still works. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you guys next week.